Hey, welcome to the Community Conversation. Sam and I are back with another nutrition episode. Uh, today, what we wanted to talk about was some food myths. We actually pulled up a list uh, that we found on the internet of most common food lists, and we're going to read them off, and we're going to talk about them a little bit. This might be a part one of part two, because this might be a uh, little bit of a longer episode, but uh, yeah, so um, I'm going to get started. <laughs> some real-time reactions coming at you. Literally. That'd be great reading up this list. So this list is the top 20 worst food myths, um, 2021. So this is like current kind of like what myths are. Number one on the myth, uh, myth list is chocolate is an aphrodisiac. Um, I've personally never heard that one, the chocolate's an <laughs> aphrodisiac, but I guess if you put two and two to, with Valentine's day, uh, I guess I can see the correlation. Sam, have you ever heard this one before? Yeah, I've heard it like with chocolate and cherries and I think oysters or like some kind of weird, gross, slimy shellfish thing. Um, it's like supposed to increase your libido, but like, I don't think that that's based in science. Like I've never heard that from like a scholarly article. I've literally only heard it from like the people selling chocolate on Valentine's day. Is there like, is there a bro science myth that you know of, or is it just like, <laughs> Hey, like eat this chocolate, make you feel real good. <laughs> Honestly. Okay. I, I feel like the first time I heard this was on like, um, what's the show like top chef or something. They like had a food challenge where they had to cook with like aphrodisiacs. And I was like, this doesn't make any sense to me at all. Um, yeah. it's like the same thing with superfoods. It's like eating a pomegranate is not going to like make you superhuman. Like, I don't think eating a chocolate bar is going to like raise your libido enough to change your sex life. Yeah. Maybe there's like a placebo effect. Like people get people, people think it might, might assist, <laughs> might assist them. Um, we'll move on. So uh, number two is, uh, eating fat makes you fat. This is a really common one. We both hear this all the time. Um, mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, this is, uh, what are your thoughts on this one? It's funny because you hear it both ways, right? Like you need a high fat diet to burn fat. And then you literally have the total opposite is like, if you eat fat, you'll gain fat. Um, guys, there's a difference between dietary fat and adipose tissue fat. So like stored fat in our body and also dietary fat. So dietary fat is what you'll be getting from your food. The only way to gain adipose fat is to be in a calorie surplus over time. And that's how you'll gain fat, but eating, eating an avocado or eating some peanut butter or almonds, like those contain fat in them, dietary fat, they're not going to cause you to it's magically like gain 20 pounds. If you eat it, it's just, it's not how like the body works. Um, <laughs> Yeah, just like absorb that fat just through the skin or anything weird like that yeah you don't even digest you just like <laughs> as soon as you take a bite of like you know like coconut oil or something it's just like instantly goes into your like <laughs> <laughs> it's like skips the digestion and just goes <laughs> it just goes right to your stomach. <laughs> um do you have anything to add with that one i mean i i that's a that's that is like a more of a common myth definitely more common than the one we read off before. What, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I hear that all the time. It's like the nineties trend was like, don't eat fat because fat makes you fat. And now in like the two thousands, it's like, don't eat carbs, carbs make you fat. So it's like, you can't cut out two entire 
like macronutrients because you think they're going to make you fat. Like that's, it's, I'm telling you all, that's not how it works without getting into deep science right now. <laughs> not happening. That's good for you within moderation, yeah. you know? Yeah. I mean, there's more, there's nine calories per gram of fat per dietary fat than there is carbs and protein. But if you're managing your overall caloric intake, like you could be on a low carb diet and still lose weight. You could be in a high, high carb diet and lose weight. It all comes to like energy balance. So the best rule of thumb is to eat the foods that make you feel best and to mm -hmm. pay more attention to your boldness signals. But we don't have to really like fear, you know, whether or not a certain food is going to be totally detrimental to your, uh, if you have weight loss goals. Um, all right. So I'm going to move on. So here's a, here's an interesting one. So eating carrots keeps your eyes healthy. Um, I mean, I think we might have an idea of why this is a, a myth because of certain nutrients in it, but Sam, you want to talk about it a little bit? Well, so the idea I think is if, didn't this come from like the, the Bugs Bunny thing? Like he eats carrots and he can see in the dark or something. Yeah, is I mean, that, is that a thing? it's advertised to kids, so probably. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like I feel like this is where this is coming from. Yeah, like so carrots have beta carotene in them, which get converted to vitamin A in the body, which like helps multiple systems in your body, including your eyesight. Does it mean if you have glasses and you eat an entire bag of carrots every single day, you're going to like miraculously be able to see? No. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and I think that that's probably what, uh, this is getting at of like, yeah, there's no, uh, miracle solution to improving your eyesight. Like definitely having beta carotene on a regular basis or definitely having vitamin A on a regular basis is going to prevent your eyesight from getting exponentially worse. But yeah, no, it's definitely not a magic cure. Yeah. I think it's funny how, um, there's, there's always like these superfoods and things like that, that it's like, you gotta have this. Um, your body has no idea if you're having a carrot or not. Your body just sees like certain like nutrients in them, different vitamins and minerals, uh, different carbs, fats, and protein ratios, and your body uses it to fuel. So your body has no idea if you're eating a carrot or you could be eating spinach and getting vitamin A. Your body has no idea. So, <laughs> yeah. So, all right. So anyways, um, oh, I used to, I used to love, uh, I used to love believing this one as a kid. This is one that um, I believed for the longest time when I was when I was young is that it takes seven years <laughs> to digest gum. Uh, <laughs> that's a good one. I, uh, I really like that one. Um, Where did you hear that one? I don't know if it was in like a. I don't know if I first started in a TV show or if my parents told me it. it, it my parents might have told me it just because they didn't want me like like swallowing gum. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, that would be, that'd be pretty fascinating if something could stay into your body for seven years. Like, it's just like everything else just got pushed out except the gum. Like, <laughs> like it's just like it literally stuck inside your, like your GI tract. Um, yeah, That's no, case you need to I, see I don't really know what else to add to that, except like, I don't, there's no way that that could ever happen. Like you're like, you can't go like gum wouldn't just stick inside your body like that. Like you've no, like kids have pooped out gum before. So it just, it's silly to even like, believe that. Like I used to smell <laughs> gum as a kid. I mean, it, if it's, if it came out at the age of 14, then that's kind of, 
It's like, and hopefully by 14, you're not chewing, swallowing your gum anymore. But anyways, um, no, that's enough. Uh, <laughs> uh, if you're trying to be healthy, you should only shop the perimeter of the supermarket. Sam, I'm going to let you take this one because I feel like you got a, you're definitely going to yeah. rant here. So this one is one, okay, they're not wrong, right? Like you can find foods that are less processed around the perimeter. And I encourage a lot of my clients to do this actually. Like you walk in, you go to the fruit, you go to the back, you get your meat, you like walk around. Uh, if you haven't gotten vegetables yet or like your yogurts, your cheeses, whatever, like that's pretty much all that's around the outside of most grocery stores. Um, the thing is that's like not a nutritionally complete diet, right? So if you're only shopping the perimeter, you're literally getting your produce, you're getting your meats and cheeses. So like your protein sources. And then like, I don't really know what else is in most grocery stores around there. Mine has like the freezer section. So like you would go through the aisle with like the frozen veggies to get out. Um, but like you're lacking in nutrients. Like, how are you going to get bread? <laughs> how are you going to get rice? How are you going to get pastas? Like those are on the inside aisles of the grocery store. So it's like shopping the perimeter is a tool to use to like fill your cart with things that are more nutritionally sound, but it's not the end all be all because you'll be lacking in nutrients if you never venture in through the aisles. Plus the fun food is in the aisles. Like obviously I'm walking through the chip aisle or the candy aisle or the ice cream aisle on a regular basis. Cause you can't, I mean, I guess you can live life without the fun foods, but it's a whole lot less fun. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of convenient things too. Like you can get canned produce, you can get like oatmeal, like there's a lot of stuff that you can still get inside the aisles that um, uh, sometimes can be more affordable and still be able to be convenient ways like instead of getting fresh pears if you get canned pears and it gets you mm. or your child to eat more fruits then it can be more cost effective and yeah it can uh, have a longer shelf life too so if you're overly concerned about wasting food sometimes we can have some of those things in the house um cool so here's one uh milk builds strong bones yeah. So like, again, milk is not the solution to building bones. Um, like no food is a superfood. No. So the thing that makes milk, uh, the reason milk, well, I mean, this is like, I think people will get mad at me for saying some of these things, but the reason that milk, I'm going to simplify it is, uh, part of like basically the food pyramid, which is no longer the food pyramid is because it contains calcium. And so, Lots of studies way back when found that the American diet was severely lacking in calcium, probably because no one in the world eats or no one in the U.S. eats enough greens, but um, people were severely lacking in calcium. So when you have milk, you get the calcium that you need. That being said, like literally anything else, if you have too much of a good thing, it's not necessarily a good thing. So it's like if you're just chugging milk to build strong bones, that is, again, not the solution. Um, one, that's a lot of milk. I'm pretty sure there's a challenge about drinking a gallon of milk and yeah, people throw up all the time, right? Body can really know <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And uh, too, yeah. like uh, eat some greens. That also has calcium in it too. Yeah. And I, I mean, I think we both agree the most, the, the best way to keep your bones strong is you got to lift weights. Like it doesn't, mm -hmm. like if you just sit sedentary and you just like eat a healthy diet, you're still not really doing much to preserve your body because you're not, you're not, 
strong. Like yeah, you can eat yep. like all organic. You can go ahead and eat all the fruits and vegetables and eat the cleanest. But if you don't exercise at all, like that's like a huge piece of the puzzle. Um, this one's mm-hmm. very similar to the carrot one is, um, you know, like eat a carrot. It's better for your eyes when really it's like, it's a, it's probably the most common source of calcium is what milk is like you're saying. Mm-hmm. So, cool. So, Ooh, this is a fun one. I uh, disagree with this one. This one is using the five second rule to ensure <laughs> to ensure your food is still safe to eat. I disagree. I feel like if you have five seconds to pick up your food, there's no possible way that bacteria can get to it. Um, <laughs> they did this I, on Mythbusters. But uh, what you've uh, you've heard of this one, right, Tim? Yeah, no, it was like literally on Mythbusters, which like as a child was one of my favorite shows. So like we should maybe we should just like pull from them. Well, no, so they like drop food on the ground and like tested. You know, like they did petri dishes. They swabbed the food before. They swabbed the food after. It's like about as scientific as like a TV show science experiment can be. And um, basically they found like, so like wet foods, like if you drop like a, like a piece of that pear on the ground, like you have like 0.1 seconds to pick it up. Like there's, there's, there's no hope. There's also like dirt and dust and gross stuff that like end up there. Right. It sticks to it. But if you drop like a a Cheerio, um, you're golden. You can leave it on the ground. You can pick it up. Like, I mean, obviously there's probably an upper limit (laughs) to how long you can leave a Cheerio on the ground before uh it grows things and you shouldn't eat it but yeah it's it's pretty safe if you drop something that being said i would not eat something i dropped on the ground so what you're saying is if your food's dry you can eat off the ground <laughs> if you're yeah build up your immune system just throw stuff on the floor <laughs> if your food's dry it's fine if it's wet get some more i wish i knew something that rhymed with that um all right so <laughs> <laughs> the next one is going to be uh, a juice cleanse is last, um, wait, a juice cleanse is a lasting way to lose weight. Oh my uh, God. John, I'll let you take this one. <laughs> I mean, no, <laughs> I mean, all right. So most of these juice cleanses are super high in nutrients, but super low in calories. Whenever you reduce your calories, you're going to lose weight. Um, is it, can, are you going to keep it off that way? Like, is that gonna, is that gonna be the solution to keeping weight off and being healthy? No, I would probably argue that it's going to cause binge eating behaviors because calories, like if you're doing a juice cleanse or something along the lines of that, probably having somewhere around like 800, potentially less calories a day, God forbid, like you do that for several days. Like I hear there's like seven day juice cleanses, Mm -hmm. like people losing like 20 pounds in a week. Yeah. You're not going to keep that off. First of all, if you go super, super low calories which people don't understand too, if your calories go super low, your body depletes stored glycogen. So stored carbohydrates, carbohydrates hold on to more water, right? So when you eat carbs, you're going to retain a little bit more water. Your body can store up to 400 grams of carbohydrates. When you go ahead and do something like a juice cleanse, your, your body's going to use all the glycogen that you have stored into your body first. Okay. And right when your body's done with that, that's why in like the first week of doing like a keto diet, like you drop weight super fast because you're literally getting rid of all your glycogen and then all that water that also binds with that. Just think like if you took a piece of bread and like put it in water, like it soaks, right. That's how carbohydrates hold water. Your body gets rid of all that 
like, and then it starts to go off of your adipose. And if your calories are super, super low, what's going to happen is your body's eventually going to be like, it's going to be like a thermostat in your house. Like it's going to regulate, it's going to upregulate. It's going to be like, Hey, we need to turn the heat up or financial advisors saying, Hey, you're not spending enough money. You have all this money in the bank. Let's invest, spend. That's a craving. That's increased hunger. That's when like we start binge eating. And then it, it's like this vicious cycle of like, Oh my God, I can't believe I just set myself back. Like I, I put on like all the weight that I just lost when the majority of the weight that you lost was just water to begin with. So it's like very mentally, like, it's like a mind fuck. You like lose weight and then you gain a bunch of weight back because you just finally ate food again. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> we could do a whole, we should do a whole podcast about just juice cleanses. Well, it's just because one of those things you could go on for days for the normal person who doesn't understand this, this type of stuff. You do something like that and you're like, okay, well it worked. Like I did it and it worked the first time. And then you do it again. And guess what? It's going to, it's going to happen again. You're going to lose all that glycogen again. So you're going to notice like a, a weight loss. And then you're like, okay, the only way for me to lose weight is to do this ridiculously low calorie unsustainable thing. And then you're just spinning your wheels. Like, mm-hmm. I t- like weight loss is easy. I hate to say it because like people are going to get mad that I say that weight loss is easy. You eat less, you lose weight especially when you do something like that. The hardest thing is to keep it off. That is like the, that mm-hmm. is the hardest thing. And if you do something like that, it's like so unsustainable. You're not gonna be able to ever keep your weight off. You have to like create habits and like things along the lines of that, that allow you to understand what your needs are and how to also not feel like absolute trash. Every time you try to like, if you, if you try to lose a little bit of weight, like how to not feel totally like awful. Do you have anything to add, Sam? You got it. <laughs> So you're pro juice cleanse, right? If that's what you got out of it, <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, do not ever do a juice cleanse. That's what we're telling you. <laughs> um, here's an appropriate one coming Thanksgiving coming up. Turkey makes you sleepy because of the chemicals in it. <laughs> yeah, so I like legitimately had a lesson about this when I was in college. Like my teacher spent a whole day telling us that tryptophan is not going to make you sleepy. Um, it's literally just like the increase in food in your body. Uh, so I forget the exact number, but like the, the research shows that on Thanksgiving, uh, most people eat like about 25% more than like a normal day. Um, and so it's not like a huge amount more. And I think people just look at Thanksgiving of like, oh, this is my huge pig out day. And it's really not like, I think 25% is a reasonable amount difference. Um, it's just because they're the higher volume of food. So it's like your stomach is more full. You have more things in your body. It's pressing against your diaphragm and your other organs in different ways. And so the body needs time to digest it. And so when you have a smaller meal and it can go through the stomach and like get attacked by all your stomach acid and pass through the GI tract pretty easily. Like when you fill your stomach to the brim, it's going to take a little longer for uh, all of that process to happen. So it just like slows down. I mean... I mean, it slows right. down a lot in your body. It just makes you tired because of the volume of food you, you've been eating. Yeah, I mean, when you eat a lot of food too, right? Like your blood sugar and blood pressure are gonna acutely go up, which also need to like restabilize. So what goes up must go down. So when you have like those like big waves of like increased like carbon take and just increased food in general, like your body needs to kind of get back into like it's normal state of not being overly full. Um, 
-hmm. but it's it's the tryptophan which is the rumor right that's the myth is like the tryptophan but it's just like a ton of food <laughs> it's like <laughs> I mean, I don't know people that have like turkey sandwiches for lunch at school that are taking naps all the time. I mean, sure <laughs> some kids take naps just because they don't sleep much, but we only think of that myth on Thanksgiving and like holidays. Um, all right, here's number 10. And this is going to be the last one. We're going to do a part. We're going to do a part two, but this is going to be the last one because uh, there's 20. We're going to do 10 today. Um, this is a good way to finish. So you have to count your calories to stay healthy. Mm. This is a great one because a lot, I mean, a lot of people know that I, um, I track my food. I have some of my clients track their food. So sometimes they think that they have to do that in order to be healthy in order to lose weight. Uh, I don't think that that is true. And I know that you don't, uh, you don't um, agree with that either, that tracking your food is like necessary for everyone. So Sam, I'll let yeah. you talk about it a little bit. Um, I mean, yeah, like we know it can be a really good tool for a lot of people, right? Um, there's like literally like a, a like national weight loss registry of people who use things like my fitness pal and like are working to like, like live a healthier life. And so they track everything to like hold themselves accountable to what they're eating, where they're going from eating something that like really doesn't include any fruits or vegetables. But when they track it, they think about, okay, like I'm going to actively choose an apple for my snack instead of like my sixth candy bar of the day. You know what I mean? Um, I also have had lots of clients like in my time as dietitian that have used calorie counting as uh, an extreme and it's like led them down a disordered eating path and into eating disorders. So I think it's like, and I think we've talked about this in other podcasts, it can be a great tool or it can be a detriment. And like, it only is what was the myth that it's the only way to lose weight or something? Yeah. It said that you have to count calories to be healthy. Yeah. There's so many different definitions of health. And I think if it works for you, it's a great way for you to maintain your health. And if you're someone who obsesses over it or is like very disordered in your thoughts around food, then it is not leading you to health because yeah. um, health isn't only physical health, it's mental health as well. And if you are obsessing over every single bite of food that you're putting in your mouth because you're tracking your food, then that is not a healthy relationship with food. And so calorie counting is not for you, but for some people, it's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I like it for like the education purpose. I haven't tracked my food in about three months. People think I still do it like religiously, but I feel like it's, um, it's a great way to educate yourself and get yourself to the point that you can better approximate serving sizes, be able to go ahead and... Um, I mean, track without needing to track in a sense, like you can kind of look at like, okay, like that's roughly 40 grams of carbohydrates or that's roughly, you know, 25 grams of protein, like kind of having a better idea of getting what your needs are without necessarily having to use a food scale anymore, having to use like an app and doing all that. Mm -hmm. But some people- Yeah, I think it's really useful for protein. A lot yeah. of people don't realize what pro foods are super high in protein and what foods are not. Right. And like by the nature of what we do, I think like I could rattle off the protein contents of a whole lot of foods right off the top of my head, but that's because I'm in nutrition, right? Like my husband knows nothing about nutrition. So like I've heard him say that there's protein in spinach, like spinach is not a high protein source, right? Like so if you're not one of those people who thinks about like the protein con content of food all the time, like it could be a really good tool to kind of like tell you how much protein you're getting in a day. It's funny though. Like, so we are 
like we just jumped right to tracking your macros. So mm -hmm. when this is really saying that you have to track your calories or count your calories. Yeah. And yeah, I think that we look at things different than how a lot of people look at things, right? Like a lot of people look at like mm -hmm. calories, 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 but don't understand where the calories come from. They come from carbs, fats, and protein. So that's what we're kind of saying when we talk about carbohydrates, fats, and protein, that's, what's going to make up your calories. And, you know, you should be able to have like a general idea of like how much of each one of those macronutrients you need to make yourself feel your best and perform your best in the gym. But that's, what's going to actually make up your calories. I just wanted to clarify that. Cause a lot, like some people like mm -hmm. don't know what macros are. Right. That's so, a good point, John. Yeah. Um, but I think that's a good place to stop. And then we'll do, um, we'll do part two. Uh, we'll probably do it after Thanksgiving. Cause I think next week, I don't think we're going to have too many people that are going to tune in. So we'll do, uh, we'll do part two the week after, um, after Thanksgiving, but I think this is going to be a fun episode. Um, <laughs> so guys, yeah. Tune yeah. in next week, part two of the next, uh, 10 food myths. Um, you guys have anything that you would like Sam and I to ever discuss on the podcast, let us know. Uh, we're always looking to help. If any of you guys have any questions about your own personal experience or nutrition, free nutrition consults, reach out to Sam or myself. We're happy to set some time to talk with you. And um, Sam, do you have anything you want to add before we close out? Just thanks for listening. Thanks for making it this far and uh, happy Thanksgiving since we won't be on next week. Yeah. Have a great Thanksgiving, everyone. Have a great rest of your day.